Well, Good Friday. Well, not Good Friday, but Good Friday here in the third week of Easter as we finally get to May. May the 1st. Here we are. Yay. Oh, and in today's reading, you know, we, Paul is continuing on what he does after Stephen's killing and the Jerusalem purge is, is done. And, and he's heading out to do his thing into other, other cities. He's, he's going to go ahead and purge the Jewish community nearby of anybody that's adhering to the way. That's what they referred and how they referred to people who believed in Jesus at the time. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is teaching on himself of eating of the flesh of the Son of Man and drinking his blood as being one with him, having life, having eternal life. I'd like to start out, though, with a show of hands. So how many know the story of St. Paul's conversion as being knocked off his horse? How about you, Ed? Yep, you ever heard this story? St. Paul getting knocked off his horse on the way to Damascus? You, you have? Well, this, see, this is a good thing. Because actually, it's a great trivia question, because nowhere in Scripture does it ever say that he was on a horse or that he was ever knocked off a horse. It's just never mentioned at all. Although we have these incredible paintings from all over the place, Caravaggio's conversion on the way to Damascus, conversion of St. Paul, incredible paintings of him being like knocked down. Um, well, they're still incredible paintings, but that might not have been actually what happened. You know, what actually might be the story is that Saul and his companions paused um, at midday to say their prayers. At that time, and today, I assume, just like here in the church, we say prayers in morning, noon, and in the evening. And so they would have paused at midday and perhaps even turned and faced Jerusalem. And at that point, as they were saying their prayers... Paul sees a great light. Now in that passage from Acts today, we, we see Paul's original intent, what he was planning on doing, and then, and then we see his conversion. And then we have a new person introduced into the story, Ananias. Ananias, who God asks to take Paul into his home. Now my reflection question of today would be simply this. Who would you see yourself as being most like? Saul or Paul or Ananias? You know, the one who is set on getting everyone on the right path, whatever it takes, even throwing whole families into prison. And for our reflection purposes here, prison need not be a literal place. It could be the prison that we throw people in through the words we use or the body language we use. Or perhaps Ananias, the one who God so graciously gives the job to of taking this guy, this not really very nice guy, into his house and to care for him. Ends up even baptizing him. Now, I don't know about you, but I really would have to say that I have probably been both. I've been zealous and whatever pursuit I was on to the exclusion of anyone else. And I've also been called out by God to put my faith into practice. Here's a quick story, something that happened at work a number of years ago to me. There was a new manager hired to work alongside the rest of us, but this guy was just not all that nice. I mean, he was abrasive. He was a know-it-all. 
You know what I'm talking about. You know, and not surprisingly, no one wanted to talk to this guy or work with him. So this went on for quite some time with basically all of us avoiding him, you know. Well, one day, his being avoided just got to him in some big way. And somehow along the way, he had found out that I was a deacon. So he comes up to me saying, I just absolutely need to talk to someone. And I know these other guys can avoid me. But you have to talk to me. Well, I just sighed deeply. And God just cut me to the heart. And while I really didn't want to befriend this guy, I opened up. Of course, I got my best friend to share the load with me. I mean, misery loves company. Um, and I'll say that while I didn't end up, you know, with a best friend friendship with this guy, uh, my best friend and he regularly get together and talk to this day. You know, difficult decisions come our way. They come our way every single day, often without our even knowing or recognizing our response. In the gospel today, Jesus throws out some hard words to embrace, words that make no rational sense. Unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in you. Words that make no sense unless we just do it. Now, it didn't make sense to the early believers why Jesus would pick Saul. It didn't make sense to Ananias why Jesus would ask him to do this little favor for him. Does it all have to make sense every time that we do something? Sure, sometimes. But when it comes to matters of the heart, relationships, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, not always. But if we come together in spirit, voice, heart, and a table. When it's all said and done, when we turn and look back, we'll see that it all made perfect sense.